Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood is coming up next. If you like what you hear, please go to our website, redsearadio.org, and donate to our apostolate, or even become a member of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society and keep us on the air. Thank you so much, and God bless you. All right. That means you are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood. I'm here with Stephanie, and I'm going to let her begin as we do when she's here with a prayer. <laughs> Good morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity. Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. And grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. And St. Joseph. Pray for us. us. (laughs) In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Um, So, listen, I mean, I think we've... We've told some stories and talked about, but but Saint Joseph has had a big impact on our lives, and um, we are uh, approaching when this actually airs. It'll be what a couple days after after Saint Joseph's feast day, which is this coming Sunday, the nineteenth. The good news is is that this window of time from March nineteenth to May first, which is uh, St. Joseph the Worker Feast Day. There's two feast days that kind of sandwich. And and because of some stories, which we may or may not tell this time, that window of time has always been kind of, for us and our family, a little bit dedicated to, to St. Joseph. So um, we thought we would go through some things and, um, and point out and hopefully encourage uh, y'all to develop a relationship with him if you don't already have it. So... Um, of course, St. Joseph is the foster father of Jesus, the one uh, chosen to be um, to be his foster father by God, by the family he brought in. You know, for me, since I was a little kid, my mom, because she was raised um, watching Fulton Sheen's show, and if you've ever had the opportunity to watch one, um, anytime he gets on a chalkboard, the first thing he does is write JMJ at the top of the board. And so my mother, forever, and and if you went to my office, anything that is written on or that if you did a test or whatever, my, my mom taught me that was a prayer to begin a test or anything you were working on. So if you go to my office right now and you flip through my pages, there's always JMJ at the top of every page that I start. So, um, of course, that's Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And, um, and so— that coupled with some of the stories we'll share here and some of the other things that we're going to go through um, just is part of part of my life. And I think it should be a part of every good, good Catholics life. Now I I didn't tell you this, Stephanie, but, it, but I thought I would just give a few scriptures because there may be some people that like, what about why, why, why ask a saint to pray for, for you? Mm. And just wanted to say it, it's, it is biblical to have to understand that there are people in, in heaven that that somehow they pray for us. Number one, they don't disappear after they after they die, as we all know. They go and and I, and I like to point to Mark twelve twenty seven, which says um, talking about God. Jesus talking about God when people are questioning the resurrection and all those type of things. Um, you know, he said as for. 
with the dead being, being raised, have you not read in the, from the book of Moses in the passage about the bush, how God said to him, I'm, I'm the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. So he, meaning God, is not God of the dead, but of the living. You're, and he's calling them out. You don't know what you're talking about. He's the God of the living. And in this reference, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had been dead for quite some time when God was speaking uh, to Moses at, at, at the burning bush. So they're there. The, the next one that I think is worth noting is um, Revelation. We won't spend a lot of time on this because that's not what this show's about, but I just think it's probably good for us Catholics um, to know some Bible verses to, to uh, at least share. The other one that I think is really important is um, Revelation 5. Eight, and it's talking about what's going on in heaven, um, and it and it says, let's see, uh, talking about the angel when he had taken up the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and with golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So he's talking about worship in heaven, and references that the prayers of the saints are going up to God on our behalf. And and I would guess us as well, but certainly the ones that are in heaven. So they're the ones that are see God face to face, are in heaven and are praying on our behalf. Can't tell you how that happens. <laughs> is that sort of our correlation too with when we use incense in in church? Certainly, we, it's meant yeah, to be prayer, I, the prayers of yeah, the saints kind and of a visual meant, and of course have mass is, <clears throat> is heaven on earth. And so it's it's meant to revelation. You know, it's often something that's pointed to as kind of something that reveals the mass and what's going on in the mass. So incense is is part of that. It's a good thing to teach your kids as well that the incense are meant to be that our prayers, kind of a visible sign of our prayers going to heaven. And then the last one is James. Um, is James five sixteen. Um, so that's back towards the back of the book, uh, right next to Revelation. Close. Not quite. Um, that's before St. Peter. Um, James, at the end, he says, um, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. And so who would be more righteous than the saints that are in heaven? I mean, they're they're they are there in heaven. They're praying per scripture, and those prayers availeth much. They are alive and working on our behalf. That's why we pray the saints. Saint Joseph is a special saint <laughs> because God Himself chose him, chose him to be His foster father and to take care of His mother and him. Uh, growing up. So unlike our kids who could always question God's wisdom and handing them <laughs> to us, uh, God, Joseph could know God picked picked him. So if God picked him as somebody he would trust, I figured it's probably worthwhile for us to say we would trust in him. So he's a righteous man who's one of the, one of the faithful in, in heaven that's praying and therefore we can ask for him. And again, when we at, when we when we say we're praying to St. Joseph, the word pray, you've got to understand, means to ask. And what are we asking of St. Joseph? When we, we're, not, we're asking him to pray for us. So we're tapping into that Revelation 5 verse, it's the prayers of the saints. We're asking the, the saints to pray for us. So I just wanted to give that framework so for anybody that, that might have questions. That's why we believe that it is good to ask for the intercession of the saints, especially the ones that we know are, are there in heaven. And uh, St. Joseph would be one of those. And we've had a lot of success with regard to uh, asking him uh, to pray for us, mm -hmm. um, which we can sh share some of those absolutely, later. Absolutely. I also pulled, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, apostolic Apostopic. Well, Apostopic. there you go. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, Stephanie. <laughs> The yeah. apostolic letter of Pope Francis. That's like she sells seashells. That's a tongue twister. Um, and it, it the um, 
Patrice Corday um, that he wrote um, in December, I think of 2020, if I'm if I'm remembering this accurately. Um, yeah, that's about. It was when he declared, claimed, yeah, when he the declared year of, the year of St. Joseph. Um, I think it was on um, Mary's, actually, feast day in December. Um, and uh, this apostolic letter you can actually Google. And, and um, if you put in, you know, letter, Pope Francis and letter of St. Joseph, it, it comes up quite readily. But I think we'll be putting it in the show notes at the end. Thank you, Dennis. Um, there'll actually be a few um, things that we'll will include in those show notes, which I need to give credit for from abiding the abiding together podcast. I think I've been plugging that yeah, quite been, a lot lately. Uh, Sorry, I'm on an abiding together. I know uh, <laughs> I'm on an abiding together uh, <laughs> uh, little gala here. Uh, anyway, they they um, I, when I was looking for my searching for and maintaining peace podcast that I've been listening to um, that they go through, um, I actually came across this um, this show that they that they did, and it's. Um, um, it's actually uh, their uh, season nine, episode five, if you want to go um, to abidingtogether.com and and find that. Um, but um, Michelle and Heather and um, Sister Marion go through um, very briefly because it's it, and it's not a long letter. It's about 11 pages, but um, they kind of go through this this letter. And we just thought it would be a great time again to honor St. Joseph since March is March and, and then early May is his is you know, we, we honor him. Um, but yeah, it, it's just beautiful. I think that, I mean, you know, he, he was chosen to be, um, Jesus's foster father. And I think that that obviously says, um, a lot about him. I mean, you know, as much as it says about Mary and even though he had, there are really no recorded words of him, um, in scripture, I, I think, it, you know, it's, it's, it's his, his actions and decisions, spoke volumes and they kind of went through, um, you know, all the, um, all the trials and struggles that he, he went through, um, you know, with starting with, with Mary, um, you know, being with child and, you know, he was told by an angel, you know, don't be afraid, take her, you know, take her as your wife. And it's so interesting because I think in every, um, in every one of the times he had a dream and was told something by an angel, he immediately obeyed. Right. I mean, there was just that it was, you know, <laughs> he went with haste or he did, you know, it was right. always immediate and total um, obedience. And so I think that's something beautiful that we can learn from St. Joseph. Obviously, he did not know the outcome, um, you know, <laughs> of taking Mary as his wife, having to escape to Egypt. Um, you know, then having to come back from Egypt after Herod had, you know, had, had died, um, you know, and, and losing Jesus in the temple. I mean, you know, it, you oh, just I mean, kind of go on they, and on. I mean, I've talked about this before. <laughs> I mean, if you think about, you know, how we would measure, am I taking good care, care of my <laughs> family? You know, he, the baby's going to be born. They have to go to Bethlehem. He can't even get him into a hotel in a bed you know, for her to have her baby. And, and so I think, you know, sometimes we've got to remember it was not all, um, good times. In mm -hmm. fact, there, there were lots of difficult times for them and from the very beginning. Um, it's all, it's kind of always put up there like, Oh, isn't that so cool how peaceful it is? I mean, but they were in a effectively a barn <laughs> with a baby being laid in a, feeding trough, um, unable f as a husband, I mean, I can't imagine, un unable as a husband to find a place other than that for your wife to give birth to a child, much less the son of God, <laughs> you know, um, and for him to be able to take that and still be faithful. I, I just know from pride standpoint on my part, it would be, it would be, what a failure I am. I mean, I can't even get get her into a bedroom. I mean, you know, a, a normal place and then come back and then have to then be told, Hey, <laughs> you got to leave. Um, because all the baby's going to, and then to be a, a, a refugee effectively for, we don't know how long, but it was years probably, um, a refugee, not even home in, in another country. And, always wanting to come back, but not being able to waiting for the situation to get right there. 
Um, and then I think it's something that's not ever talked about. It's evident that he had passed away. He had he had died prior to, um, probably prior to Jesus starting his public ministry. And you know, I mean, there's a part of me that's like. Lord, I mean, I did all this. I mean, can I not like see? I know he's not mine, but but I I help I raise I helped raise him. <laughs> I taught him how to be a carpenter. You know, I'd like to see the you know the upside, kind of like Moses, Moses not yeah. not being able to cross. <laughs> say that sounded familiar. Sea. So so yeah. I think I think that the, I I think that there's so much that I think there's a lot of I, th- I think suffering that he endured for the love of God first of Mary and 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 of course. God, the Son, um, I, I just think he's such a great example of patient endurance, perseverance in the face of circumstances not working out the way you would mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. think they would be best. Well, and, and just ordinariness. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, just I think that we, you know, we sometimes... Um, you know, think that, oh, well, I'm, I'm just a housewife or I'm, you know, I'm just a banker or, you know, I, there, the, I, there's, you know, I'm not parting any Red Seas or, you know, <laughs> right, not, yeah, not, walking, yeah, on water, not right. walking on water, or, you know, any of these things. But I mean, I think that, I mean, and he, it, but it's ordinary people that helped to shape, uh, this is what Pope Francis, Pope Francis's words that ordinary people, and he goes through the list of Storekeepers, supermarket workers, doctors, nurses, you know, and of course he was writing this after 2020, you know, when the world shut down and he said, you know, ordinary people are often overlooked, but they are the people that are shaping the device, decisive events of our history. Each of us can discover in Joseph, the man who goes unnoticed, a daily discreet and hidden presence, an intercessor, a support and a guide in times of trouble St. Joseph reminds us that those who appear hidden or in the shadows can play an incomparable role in the history of salvation. And and that's that's part of the good that's part of the good news <laughs> that's actually revealed in the incarnation cuz Jesus could have come lots of different ways. He could have come to a wealthy family. He could have just beamed me down and beamed back up and not go through but he came into a family a you know, blue collar family, <laughs> somebody who had got up every morning and went to work and 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 work with his hands, and that reveals something that's different—the humility of God. You know, we always don't we don't often think of that, and it's no when you think about that that God would lower Himself to become one of us in Jesus, that He would pick a humble, quiet man, you know, that, that would be, again, like all parents are supposed to be, and certainly all fathers are supposed to try to be some sign, albeit falling short, some sign of God to their child. And this is a special circumstance. Obviously, Jesus is God, but, but he gives that, that witness that we all should strive to be as men and as women, as, as as people who manifest at their best <laughs> some truth about who God is. That's the way God set it up. That's why marriage is a sacrament. It's, it's a visible sign of the invisible reality of God's presence, right? So authority. I don't know what else. There's another thing that I, I've brought up on this show before with regard to him, unless there was – you, you want to – No, it was just, you know, just my, my thoughts on, on – St. Francis's words, obviously, were just that, you know, for us that to take courage and not diminish or, or devalue our role because God takes that insignificance and uses it to accomplish great things. I mean, you know, if we say yes, which Joseph, you know, you kind of think about it, Joseph had his own fiat. I mean, really, right. um, as well as right. Jesus in the garden had his own fiat, his yes, not my will, but your will be done, you know. Um, but if we just but say yes and allow him to work through us, um, because that remember, had to be his... that had to be a common theme in their family. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. it yeah. had to be a total, common theme total because that was that was what he did. That's what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's good. The the other thing is is God. 
his ways are so far above and beyond ours, it's hard for us to understand because we as Catholics and we as Catholics believe that he makes himself present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in what looks like a piece of bread. And that in and of itself, there's lots of other things. Could have been, a, I don't know, I mean, a filet mignon or could have been something that, that it's hard to get a hold of. But he chose something that's very ordinary that everybody has access to. And so I think between his incarnation and what he's left in his church, it should give us a great deal of hope as just ordinary, everyday people that that's exactly what he wants to work through. He can do extraordinary things through ordinary people who are willing to extraordinarily give their lives over to what the will of God is. And God can do wonders through that. Um, There's not anybody in the Bible that he picked that man would have picked. I mean, David was like the youngest, you know, not nothing special, not like Saul, which the people said, you know, he's big, he's tough. You know, so he, Jesus saw something. I mean, God saw something in David's heart. Pick Moses who couldn't speak very well. I mean, lots of times it's because of the ordinary that it becomes evident that God's working through them because mm-hmm. people don't say can't be. I mean, it's gotta be something else. Um, that's working through them because that person is totally ordinary. And the other thing is, is if you look at when Jesus went back to Nazareth, when he was had already started his public ministry, he could do very few things. And what what's the reason? The reason is, isn't he the carpenter's son? Like, because of the ordinariness of where he came from, and obviously they're misunderstanding that he was actually the son of God. But we do the same thing, I think, is is we'll discount because it just doesn't look like the way we would do it. <laughs> and certainly God wouldn't do it that way, right? I mean, the, the Messiah is going to come from Nazareth. The Messiah is going to come from a poor family with a carpenter as a, as a dad. What? I mean, that's not the way we do it. Well, and there was right. another beautiful... Um, uh, part in in the letter that, that uh, Pope Francis wrote, the history of salvation is worked out in hope against hope through our weaknesses. All too often, we think that God works only through our better parts, yet most of his plans are realized in and despite our frailty. My grace is sufficient for you. Power is made perfect in your weakness. And, you know, <clears throat> I think we just need to to, you know, Again, if we're looking to the example of St. Joseph, I mean, he, you know, he moved forward in his fear and frailty. You, you right. know, he he had to have some fear and frailty. I mean, he, he was human. Right. But he he moved forward and he said that, yes, and he obeyed and trusted. And, you know, even God, in the God midst of up, yeah. even in the midst of things that wouldn't seem right. right. Certainly God, you'd, you'd provide a place for your son to be born other than a stable, <laughs> right? Or certainly you'd want him to have a stable home, not have to go into another country. I mean, things that the way we would think, the way I would think is not the way God works. And it's exactly because he chooses the ordinary to do it. If you think about even, even in Marian apparitions that have been approved without getting into that, they always choose people that are not, that are not the people that you'd think. It's not mm-hmm. the bishop that, that gets the message. It's usually someone else. And so um, that's a truth about God, which is good for you and, I, you and I and the people who are listening, is to know he can do great things in and through you, no matter what your weaknesses are, if we allow him to do it through us, if we give him permission to do it can do it. But if you think about it, he did great things through Joseph, yet we know hardly anything other than of his obedience and him being a carpenter. That's about all we know. And sometimes, (laughs) sometimes um, we have to remember that that ordinary stuff, for whatever reason, is part of being holy. 
right? It's not the extraordinary stuff. It's not the, you know, I mean, as I've always said, everything about Jesus, not I've said, as teachers taught me, from conception to death to resurrection and ascension into heaven, everything about him reveals who God is and it reveals man to himself. So one of the things that I think is important to notice, Jesus lived 33 years. 30 of that was led in, at best, obscurity. Nobody knew who he was. So very much like Joseph, his foster father, nobody really knew. I mean, they knew him, but I mean, big deal. He's a carpenter, son of a carpenter even. Um, and it was just for one eleventh of his life that he was kind of on the stage. Well, if you think about that for us, I mean, it's usually small windows when maybe God might bring something to happen. The vast majority of life is that. But we have St. Joseph to say, really, nothing other than his obedience and love for Mary and for Jesus, that that was more than enough. <laughs> that was what God wanted from him. He didn't need him to part the Red Sea. He didn't even need him to find a place for, you know, a nicer place for the kid. He just, he accepted what God sent and waited patiently for his reward, which was afterwards. So and just kept moving forward. He just kept moving forward. <laughs> right. Just keep swimming. <clears throat> right. <laughs> for you Nemo fans out there, just keep swimming. Um, so anyway, and, and, and he makes, and uh, Pope Francis uses, of course, the verse that's 2 Corinthians 12, um, 9 and following. But I think this is the, the end of that. You know, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. I will all the more gladly boast of my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Sounds like words you could put in St. Joseph's mouth, <laughs> right? I mean, that had to be partly his prayer. Uh, I, I, will, I will be content with all this. When I am weak, it's you who are strong, Lord. And that's when we become more aware of God working in our lives, when we can't attribute something working out to our hard work, you know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. And and look to our, acknowledge um, our weakness. I think that's where, um, you know, Pope Francis talks about, again, in the letter that that's where the evil one gets us, you know, because he is the accuser and he tries to, you know, he comes in to kill and destroy where God's truth you know, it is comforting and consoling, uh, you know, that the, the spirit of it's the spirit of transformation, you know, so that weakness is not what the accuser is trying to make it, um, right. you know, uh, you know, look at me, I, I can make you better and stronger and, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's God that that is God's, you know, way. Well, to, one, one of my favorite names that it's springboarding off of that. One of my favorite names for St. Joseph is terror of demons. Mm. And I think that he's the terror of demons because they did all, that was all coming at him. You know, you can't, I mean, I don't know this, but my assumption is there was at least some feeding to him of, well, look at how bad you're just, you're awful. I mean, (laughs) and, and, and making him feel like that, and yet he was probably saying something along the same lines as those words, that I, I'm content with the hardships, the insults, all that type of stuff. I mean, just think about the insults that they would have gotten and the bad looks they would have gotten with him marrying somebody who was already pregnant. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> everything about their about their relationship from a human perspective, purely human, no supernatural, looks kind of like a train wreck. I mean— which is good news because I don't right. know a lot. A lot of us have had train wreck <laughs> bouts in our in our life and in our marriage. God can work through that. He gives us hope, and Saint Joseph is an example of that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they talk about him having a tender strength, right. and and I think that that's you know that's that's so beautiful, you know, because you don't think to use those two words together, right. Um, you know, but that's that's the way you, you don't think of 
virgin and mother together either. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. God is the one that kind of brings two things that seem to be human and divine, mm-hmm. brings those things and is able to reconcile them because he is God. And so even in a saintly person, he's able to bring characteristics that might seem contradictory mm-hmm. into perfect harmony with one another in a person. And I think St. Mm-hmm. Joseph is an example of that. Right, right. That's what uh, in the podcast they were talking about how much virtue you have to have to have tender strength. It's easy to lose your cool. I mean, you know, yeah. and of course I there's... I would know. I never do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course there's times to, you know, turn over things in the temple. But I mean, you know, for the most part, that that tender strength. And, and I love um, uh, Sister Miriam um, did um, talk about uh, she spoke directly to the men in in their podcast and said, you know, I just, you know, I just want you to know that we need to be, you know, we as women need to be praying for men because your masculinity is glorious. Like it was God given to you and it was given for you to guard the dignity of every woman, whether you realize it or not you are meant to protect and guard that dignity. So the woman can become the best version of herself, um, you know, that she can be. And again, beautiful example in St. Joseph of guarding her dignity. I mean, he could have said, Oh, sorry, peace out. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You're pregnant. Yeah. You and God, God, you you can work that out. (laughs) As I've heard some people, that's part of what, that's part of what went wrong in the garden is. Right. Uh, is that yes. that what went on, in the Garden of Eden? What part of what wrong? What went wrong? As I said, is that is that as I understand it, Scott Hahn talks about the fact that that when the devil's addressing, and you think it's just Eve, you know, surely you will not die. It's a veiled threat. Like basically, you won't die if you if you eat it. <laughs> the veil, not not. Surely you won't die. It's 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 both questioning God what God said, but it's also a veiled threat to say as if well if you don't eat it then you're gonna die. Um, but it's addressed to the, it's present plural people. So Scott Hahn talks about how Adam is there as the devil or the serpent is talking to Eve. And instead of getting in the way, instead of doing it, he lets the conversation happen and backs off. And that's what happened. Jesus, by watching what Joseph did through his life, I think from a human perspective, obviously he's God, he knows what he's going to do, understands that sometimes to stand up for, to get in the way of your bride means bad things are going to happen, but you still do it. And, right. you know, we all fail at that, but that's, that's the thing. But Joseph stood up. Why did he take her? He, he didn't want, he didn't want her <laughs> to go through the embarrassment of that. Mm-hmm. And God told him, but there well, was also. And this, yeah, there was a beautiful, um, again, another paragraph with some, um, uh, some commentary by, um, about the abiding podcast that the, the, the paragraph is, the antithesis of the garden, Joseph accepted Mary unconditionally. He trusted in the angel's words. The nobility of Joseph's heart is such that what he learned from the law, he made dependent on charity. Today in our world where psychological, verbal, and physical violence towards women is so evident, Joseph appears as a figure of a respectful and sensitive man. Even though he does not understand the bigger picture, he makes a decision to protect Mary's good name, her dignity, and her life. In his hesitation about how best to act, God helped him by enlightening his judgment. And, you know, in the podcast, they talked about, yes, how often are we ready to quickly act and judge um, and we don't wait on God? We Like we need to create that space between what we initially feel in a situation with how we react, giving God that time to enlighten us right. yeah, <laughs> about so. what, yeah, what steps to take, you know, and obviously sometimes that, that, that doesn't happen, but we always need to remember that when maybe we don't hear God, then we're supposed to walk through those open doors, you know, and, and there's never, there's never a time that we can't turn around if we get to a wrong spot, you know, right. I mean, it's not, 
you know, I, I don't know about you, but I haven't been visited by any angels in, in many situations, most situations, but I do know when we've made a choice to do something and we start going down that path and it's like, Ooh, maybe we need to rethink this, you know, and then you find a way of peace. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so he was, he was always listening. He was always quick to respond right. and, and he always led with, so even before the angel said, he was, he said, we decided to put her away quietly because he didn't, he wanted a lot of people. He could have had her stoned. Right. You know, I mean, that was the, that was the the law because the assumption would have been she had, had, had she mm-hmm. was unfaithful outside of wedlock, and they could have stoned her, but he 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 was merciful, he was charitable, and God can always work with that, um, even though he and he certainly didn't understand that. So, I think um, I don't know. But let me, I'll just point this other thing out that I think is important for a couple of reasons, Bo- both with regard to the church and how we respond to her authority and inside the family, the authority. St. Francis de Sales, I don't even, I think it's just called On Discernment, but he, but he wrote a small book on discernment. And one of the chapters is, a, is basically the gist of the chapter is a position somebody holds is worthy of being honored for the position regardless of how holy the person is or whatever, as long as they're not going to order you to do something that you know is against God's will. But what he, what he points out is this. In the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, who was the holiest? <laughs> well, of course, Jesus was. And then who was second holy? Well, Mary was. Who was the only one that had original sin? Joseph. And he was put in that situation. That should give us, we don't have to be the holiest person in our family if we'll embrace on God's behalf as a father, the role of being a father. That That is what he's calling us to do, but to recognize I mean, St. Joseph, I mean, I've, I've heard people kind of joke that when he gets up in the middle of the night and says, hey, Mary, j- and pick up the baby, we got to go, we got to go to Egypt. You know, I think a typical conversation, if it wasn't for a bunch of holy people in that room, <laughs> would be, wait a second, the angel talked to me before, so if he wants us to go, he needs to come and tell me, because I'm perfectly fine with where we are. I mean, that are that kind of argument, but she... Out of, out of her role as a wife and knowing that she was under his guidance and knowing that he was doing what a husband's supposed to do, protect, serve, defend, guard, submitted to that trusting that the reasons he's submitting is he's following his mission and she's just falling under the mission of, I need to protect, defend, guard my wife. And my child, and that I think is is something that's really important for parents, certainly for men. If realize that the position you've been given carries something with it, N- not you can't just diminish yourself. If you're the dad, there's certain things as a dad you're called to do, and that God will give you the strength if you'll just embrace it. And even if you're the least holy person in your family, you still have a responsibility. You don't just defer, well, she prays more than I do. But, well, if she does, then you need to start praying more. <laughs> but 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 she prays more. She hears God better than I do. There's certain times when a man is supposed to, and the number one way it's supposed to lead is not because it's what I want. It's because it's what in the, what's in the best interest of my wife, and it's what's in the best interest of my children. And St. Joseph does that. Yeah, they they there. There's a whole section. You almost, you know, touched on on all of it. They they talk about that that Joseph was the earthly shadow, right, of God the Father of the it, heavenly Father that he watched over and protected his family, never leaving them to go um, their own way. You know, and it says fathers are not born; they're made, <laughs> and they're made in and through the circumstances, right, by taking up the responsibility to care for a child for accepting the responsibility of the life of another 
in some way they become a father to that person. You have so it, it's not dependent on your skill set, or I, you know, I, it always bothers me when people say, "Well, I don't know how." I mean, Again, do there's it. The frailty, I mean, yeah. you, there's you the know, frailty and fear. <laughs> step into the role, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> step into the role, and God will provide you the grace to do it. And it's like Moses saying, "You know, I can't. I don't. I don't have a good way of speaking." You know, he's trying to talk himself. You know, God says, "You're going to go and deliver my people," and he's like, I, do you, "Have you heard me speak before?" I mean, I, I, I'm, I stammer. I, I don't. Ha-. And God's like, "I picked you. I put you in that. that now go do it." Same thing for us. If if you become a father. You can count on the fact that if you step into that role of protector, of guider, of provider, God will bless that. Does not mean it's going to be easy. And St. Joseph points that out. I mean, his life could have been a whole lot different if he didn't have to worry about Mary, right? And, And yet he chose to sacrifice himself for that. Jesus was seeing in and through in and through his foster father, what he was going to have to do because he was accurately reflecting the way God is, one who gives for the sake of love for the other person. Mm-hmm. The gift of oneself. The gift of oneself. Yep. And he did that. So he he had a great father in a human sense that was pointing to what he knew as God. Yeah, he's a good father. That's what we're called to, to die to ourselves for the sake of the other, to decrease that others might increase, to do everything I can to become as holy as I can as long as I'm doing everything I can for all the people I come in contact with to become as holy as they ought to be. So anyway, I I think that it's just important from a position of authority. That's the same way you can have a bad priest or a bad pope or whatever, but the position— and that needs to be translated into anything. I've, I've always said, look, your teacher may not be the nicest person, may not believe what we believe, but because she's a teacher, that position is due respect for the, for the position. Certain politicians, certain presidents may not agree with, but the position itself is due respect. The Pope may have issues <laughs> With, with with him or with one before or whatever, but the position is due respect. Fathers and mothers, because of their position, are due respect, even if they're not perfect. <laughs> but anyway, I digress, but I just think it's important. That that's a, that's no, something you can teach your kids with yeah. regard to authority, that God can use Bible's full of him using not so good people to direct his children, right? I mean, he used emperors and all kinds of people throughout the Bible who were not good people to actually help shape and mold his mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So, But he oh, equipped them. <laughs> we equipped them, he, directed yeah, them. He, and even he, if they didn't know that they were directing, mm-hmm. there has to be a little bit of a sense of, if my boss tells me something or if somebody tells me something that I need to get better at and you're like, well, they're not even good with what they do. I mean, if, if that's your response, we've got to see that if somebody over you is saying that no matter how not holy they are, whatever, as long as what is being said is, is true and not some causing you to violate a truth about who God is or whatever, that's not normally the case. <laughs> Um, in in workplace, that we should recognize God's hand in that authority directing us. That's not easy to do, but I think right. that's a proper. Well, and, of view. and Father I mean, uh, Pope Francis talks about being a creatively courageous father, yeah. um, and and what he what he means what he you know kind of define that as is in the face of difficulty that we don't give up or walk away. But we engage with it. And he said it's during those times when difficulties arise that we don't even realize the resources that it brings out in us that we thought we didn't have, you 100%. know, 
Um, and so those times, you know, if you, again, we talked about leaving that space, you know, in situations for, for God to enlighten you. But, you know, if, if we don't, if, if we have to act before we get that enlightenment, you know, we've given it that time and space and prayer and we're not getting that enlightenment, then we, then we, you know, engage creative um, courage, which he gave the example of the the friends of the paralytic who couldn't get in the house. So what did they do? They went through the roof. You know, I mean, you, right. you got to sometimes you got to you got to be creative and go through the roof, you know, to get to Jesus. But right. I mean, so it's it's, you know, that responsibility of that of the father that when the difficulties come that 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 we don't run because you don't know what. You know, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know that's what stuff. you've got. Yeah, that's the stuff that, you know, the rubber that's meets the, the road. Rubber that, meets the road. Yeah. It's, the, it's the cross. It's the stuff that actually brings together families to the extent that everybody's like, we got to deal with this. Right. And and that takes strong leaders in the family, which would be the father and mother. Right. Saying this is hard. Don't particularly like it. But we're in this thing together and we're going to figure this out. Right. So. Right. An acceptance of, of this is God, God. This is not a surprise to God that we're in this circumstance. Right. This is not, maybe a surprise to us, not a surprise to him. <laughs> so he is not going to put us in a situation that that he's not going to be able to, to the extent that we give ourselves to it and trust in his goodness and mercy in that event and pour ourselves for one another and for him in that circumstance that somehow he's going to bring something good out of it doesn't always look the way you think it's going to look or happen as quickly or as slowly. I mean, it, it, it doesn't always work according to plan, which is how you know it's him, not you. Right. But right. he does. Right. Again, remember, you know, that Joseph is, St. Joseph is such that great example of stepping out in faith, stepping out in our frailty, stepping out in our weaknesses and trusting yes. that, you know, that God's got this and he's going to. Do you, do you, do you mind if, if we just tell the story of our asking no. for that? Because no. we don't have very much time, but I, I just want to top it off by his prayers because of this, who he is and who God did in the relationship he has with Jesus. Yes. Are, so the are novena to St. Joseph. The novena to yeah. St. Joseph, yeah. which, which we prayed multiple times. But the first time we prayed it, um, the first time we prayed it was because some friends of ours had come to us and said, we want you to buy our house. May have shared it. We're going to share it again because it's St. Joseph thing. And and so I was like, we can't can't afford it. It doesn't make sense. And they said, we'll come back with an offer that you can afford because we just would like you all to have it. So anyway, did all that. And then all of a sudden they said, it's good, good to go. Um, and we offered it and they said that they said it was fine. And um we decided that we were going to say a novena and we started it about this time, right, right before the 19th. I think we ended it around, around his thing. And we made some specific things with regard to the first time this happened. The first time it happened was this happened twice to us on a, on a, on, we've never bought a house actually for looking for it, but um, St. Joseph is our Saint realtor. Joseph is our realtor. <laughs> he's cheap and he's really good. But, but, but anyway, the he's bottom really line is, the so, so we say the novena, uh, Bishop David Condor comes over and and he says a prayer as well and he says he's walk he he's walking out and says I'm gonna pray that this is the last time I come to dinner here I mean not with y'all but just at this house and he says that prayer anyway I'm out and the phone on my cell phone is I'm in a meeting and it rings one time it rings twice it rings three times okay if God wants us to do this then he'll help us sell our house because we had committed to buying another house and. <laughs> Hadn't sold our own. So we're praying for the sale of it, very specific prayers, and um, including we want to make sure that people know it's St. Joseph uh, intercession that did it. Bottom line is I get this phone call at the end of this, and the phone's ringing. About the fifth time I looked at the person I was meeting with, I said, I'm sorry, something's going on at our house. Um, a little bit scared. She, the my daughter picks up, I pick up the phone, it's my daughter, and I'm like, what's going on? Is everything okay? And she said, somebody just came in and said they wanted to buy the house, <laughs> you know? And so, anyway, fast forward, you know, they, she looks at it, it's perfect. 
Well, here we'll fast forward to it. They ended up working through this. We started, we had them over and got to know them, and they're talking. Well, they they go to a um, Baptist church, and we start telling them about how we had prayed for St. Joseph to come and provide a buyer. I mean, there was no listing or anything. They just knocked on our door. And, and, that we had it was actually our it, mailman's. It was a mail. Daughter. So the mail, the mail. <laughs> because the kids had told him that the kids we were had told him we were one of the benefits of the homeschool. <laughs> Joseph thing. worked through the mailman. Went through the mailman. God worked through the mailman. But anyway, so we're sitting there talking, and we finally work out a deal, and everything kind of hits the way we want to hit. And we're on the back porch, and we tell about, hey, we're Catholic, and Saint Joseph, we feel like you know sent you here, and he they get really quiet, and they said, okay, you can't tell anybody, but we've been trying to sell our house for like a year and we had moved in this neighborhood before to go to school. And we actually buried a statue of St. St. <laughs> Joseph because no realtors were working, nothing. And within a month, this month after a year, our house sold and now we can buy a house, but you can't tell anybody cause I'm Baptist. <laughs> so, so anyway, Stuff like that yeah. happens if if we'll trust him. So he's he was good back then. He's a great father. He wants uh, to father and us. And he wants to father <laughs> us. And so anyway, I didn't get all of it in, but um, I'll let Stephanie go. Well, I'm actually going um, to use uh, the verse from Matthew um, 11, uh, probably 28 to 30, you know, fatherhood is hard. <laughs> fatherhood is very hard. And so, um, you know, this is, this is a prayer that are, uh, you know, a, a scripture verse that I've clung to. And, and it's also the title of it in the Bible is Thanksgiving to God, the father. Um, but Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. Shoulder my yoke and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble of heart and you will find rest for your souls. Yes, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's a long verse, but chew on it for a while. I think you can find something that, uh, you know, that will speak to you. Remember, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you, and he will, and that's the fast track. Talk to you later. Bye.